0: Welcome back to the Service Design Podcast. This is a very special episode, isn't it, Stina?
1: Yes, it's already the 25th of all of our episodes.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable. It feels like we only just started. So uh...
1: Yeah, and we also realized a couple of weeks ago, oh, it's already the 25th, so we should do something special.
0: Yeah, so what have we done? First of all, we're going to start a, a newsletter where you can find out uh, about what's coming up. You'll be the first to hear about upcoming guests. But we also have a nice uh, prize package for you. So in April, we will uh, randomly pick one of our subscribers of the newsletter and they will win this fantastic reward package What's in there, Stina?
1: Yes. Ooh, it's nice to uh, to tell you. So we were thinking what would be a great gift to give to our listeners. And then we realized there is one company we are a big fan of as service designers. It's called Neuland and we actually order quite often with Neuland. They have really great uh, workshop cases, nice post-its and different kind of shapes pens who are very thick, so we can uh, draw really nice uh, models and templates for our workshops. So we are a big fan.
0: Yeah. And uh, one of the things we use very much is uh, ready-made workshop uh, cases they have. They're uh, bags full of markers, post-its, everything you need for a workshop. And uh, we're very happy that uh, Neuland uh, has uh, given us one of these bags to give away to you. So that's already something to really look forward to. And uh, besides that, there'll be a pack of uh, kingdom cards, and uh, a mole skin, and maybe there'll be some more. But, uh, <laughs> we'll posted about all of these things on uh, on our website. So if you go to uh, service design podcast slash giveaway, you will find uh, how to subscribe to the newsletter, and uh, yeah, maybe you'll be one of the lucky ones to win this great uh, prize so we thought uh, as a 25th episode we'd reflect on yeah the past episodes that we've done uh we started in what was it end of 2016.
1: yes a long and, time ago yeah
0: and uh yeah we've had a great experiences and we're gonna have a, a discussion and talk about our highlights things that we remember of these things
1: Yes, uh, and the first episode we ever did was with Jesse Grimes uh, from Service Design Network. And I remember it was a little bit awkward when we were thinking, oh, what should we ask and will it be fine? But then after the episode, we real- realized how much fun it was to talk to people with their expertise and how much we learned. And that's actually still, for me at least, one of the things uh, I like most about doing this, that you learn so much from the experts uh, in the field what they are doing and that we can also apply it in our own job and also share it with everyone online Mm. so everyone can uh, apply it in their job
0: yeah i'm also remembering that we went to uh, the apartment of one of our colleagues because we uh, we didn't have a good good space with good acoustics at the office And uh, (laughs) we went to to an apartment uh, where we'd never been before and uh, set up this interview. So it was awkward in many ways.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I already didn't remember that one, but that's true. And I would love to say that now we have a super professional studio, but that's also not really (laughs) the case, I would
0: say. We're still not so happy with our acoustics (laughs) of this glass and concrete room that we're in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, indeed. But at least we now have our mobile studio to improve uh, the quality of the sound. And I think it works, so that's the most important thing for now. Yes, indeed. So what is um, an episode that you uh, remember from all of those 25 that you think this is really still something that sticks uh, in my mind? Yeah.
0: Actually, the first one that comes to mind is episode number two. <laughs> there was an episode with uh, Simone Carrier from uh, FutureGov. And I remember it was just... Uh, really exciting to talk with somebody who's really working on a very high level on service design projects doing really interesting things but also finding that we could really connect that we have the same experiences to share uh, because we were also doing a lot of work for government at Mm -hmm. that time and I remember thinking, wow, we made a podcast, but we also made a friend. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was a really great experience.
1: Yeah, and indeed, it was. Uh, they're also working for governments. We are too. And we had so many things in common. But I think that's a general thing we have with all the guests on the show. So even though we're in totally different side of, of the world, we still feel that there is a common sense of what service design is and how you can change organizations, how we can make organizations more customer-centric so i really have a a feeling that it's getting known all over the world and that uh, we are sharing experiences and we're thinking of the same things we should do in organizations i think that's yeah. great to uh, to see that we're all on the on the same mission
0: yeah and it does seem to be a very open community Everybody is very willing to share how they work, you know, their learnings. I think that's a very nice to be part of that. Um, the same question for you, Stina. What's one uh, real highlight for you that stands out? An episode.
1: Well, I'm actually really enjoying the live episodes uh, where, here at Night Moves, we um, organize events, and it's always around a certain topic, and then we discuss what um, service design can mean to that topic. And I remember we were talking about uh, blockchain, for example, and in the beginning, I was really thinking like, oh, another complex technology and what should we do with it? But through organizing these events and through talking to those people on the podcast, I really realized how much value service design has. And I also heard from a lot of people that these kind of episodes where we talk with people who are not actually service designers, but we talk about how being more uh, customer centric and uh, focusing on collaboration, how that makes everything come to a better ending, a better product, better services. I really enjoy those uh, those episodes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's really interesting <laughs> if we can bring in different perspectives and different knowledge and experience not only from service designers. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. indeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also the award winning episodes. It's also always really nice to see because there's always a big mix in those episodes. Is there like a certain one that you think this one, I remember those people won the awards and, uh, it was very inspiring to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I really enjoy the award winner episodes because we, we don't get to choose who we speak to. And, uh, you really come up with yeah very unexpected people with very unexpected projects. So I think that's very uh, very interesting in itself. But one that that comes back to me, I think that was episode six, the award winner for systemic and cultural change in the public sector, and this was about uh, with Sophie Anderson, who has been working on a, a very big project throughout uh, Sweden, where they help uh, a government organisation make changes. Uh, they set up these yeah, service design labs kind of in, in different locations and they work together. They really co-create with government people there to come up with new services, et cetera. I can't remember the details, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember I really, really enjoyed uh, that project, hearing all about the details of that project.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what I also notice over the different episodes is that for example, this one, it goes so broad and they do so many different things. And often uh, we here at Nightmoves, we have certain, like we work for government a lot, for example, and we are mainly in certain stages of a process. But to hear like what service design can mean all over the world and how it can be implemented from like an explorative view in a project to like the tendering process, for example, in one of the episodes to really helping organizations on the long run and to keep on implementing service design. I think that's very, uh, inspiring to see and to hear that different companies are yeah, still working on different parts, but I do think there's a great opportunity for service designers to help companies in the long run and to really cover all those faces uh, in a, in a process. Mm.
0: What would you say are some uh, recurring themes in uh, the episodes we've done?
1: I think one which comes back quite often, but is still something which I think some people are struggling with, including us, is how can you actually measure the results of service design? And how can you also prove that you have results to your client or how can the client prove it to other people in the organizations. And we heard some very inspiring cases there, I think yeah. from people who have been applying service design for a long time and who can really prove things with numbers. But it is something I also remember from some episodes. It's still really a struggle that uh, people have.
0: Yeah, I think the episode in which somebody you know, had the the best uh, case of measuring, I think that was a uh, recent one the episode about TELUS. Mm-hmm with uh, Chris Ferguson and Judy Mellet, where they really seriously measure uh, a lot of things uh, to be able to say uh, how time spent and uh, revenue has uh, changed Mm -hmm. because of these things. It's a commercial setting, so I think uh, it's important there to measure, Mm -hmm. but it's good to see they really, really are able to measure in that situation.
1: Yeah, one thing I remember from that episode is that they they were doing uh, data analysis workshops and that's something I still really want to do as well. So they bring together people from different departments and then they look at different data sets that they have and they, they draw some conclusions together or they see how they can put the right data together to do some extra research and to uh, to follow up on it over a long period of time. I thought that was yeah, a concrete example, but a really nice example on how you can measure your data and already in the beginning of a project decide like what kind of goals you have. Mm-hmm. So are there other things that you remember that you think different episodes had in common or that came yeah. back quite often? I
0: think there's a couple of things. One big one is also definitely uh, change that service design projects yeah, you know, inherently require change mm-hmm. They because we take the back end into uh, consideration as well the organization maybe a design requires a new hire or a fire it can all happen and uh, well that service design definitely can play a very big part in facilitating this change i think that's something that came back in many episodes mm-hmm. as something we've definitely also been been looking at ourselves and we do support change with service design but i think it doesn't do 100% of the job. I think uh, at the previous uh, service design conference, there was an interesting talk as well, where it really showed the different aspects of change and uh, how with service design, you can cover very many of them, but not quite all. So I mm-hmm. think that's still uh, an interesting search to figure out which puzzle pieces do we need uh, to fully provide uh, support in change.
1: That might be actually a very good topic for an episode after this uh, 25th one. (laughs) Mm,
0: Indeed. I will write that down right (laughs) away.
1: (laughs) Yes. Are there more things you thought that came back? Mm,
0: Let me see. Well, the the agency versus in-house discussion. I think that's something that comes back. We are an agency, of course, Mm -hmm. and uh, a question you often get when we start training people to do service design or coaching them is like are we yeah shooting uh, in our own foot (laughs) but yeah we don't think so (laughs) i think well as long as we're able to help people we hope they'll come back uh, for more help. And there's also, it won't just from one day to the other, all organizations will have in-house service designers. Mm -hmm.
1: No, that's true. But it is also a topic that indeed often comes back in the community right now. And I, I believe that the, training people in some skills like not making them service designers but training them in user testing for example or collaborating that will become like really important uh part of our our job and not no. only uh, executing everything ourselves because yeah impact will be so much higher if we can let the organizations no. also implement parts of it and of course they have so much internal knowledge that they uh some things are just better that they they uh they focus on it internally.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm thinking of a project for a local government I was doing, and there, our partner uh, working for the local government, he really has been taking on uh, service design skills and has been facilitating a lot of the research himself. And I think that's really great to see, because on one hand, with a a local government only has a limited budget and they are able to do a big service design track and only hire us for the necessary part, Mm -hmm. but it's also much more sustainable. They're not dependent on us to be able to gather new insights. And I think that's very, very good to see.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Stina, is there anything that you learned in one of our episodes that you have uh, actually put into practice?
1: Yes, I remember the episode with uh, Tanara from uh, Fjord. She was talking about critic groups, if I remember the name right, probably a totally different name. But the idea was that teams that work on a certain project, after a period of time, they get so immersed into the content that they don't see everything anymore and that it helps to let other people in your company give like a very critical uh, view on what you have been doing and uh, tell you uh, where it can go wrong and uh, what you should improve and this can be very painful but she said that it's super useful to still do it and to uh, keep it first inside the team so before you go to a client even the questions that you're client otherwise would ask we're already solved within your uh, company and you already got such a stronger vision on what you are going to do and that's actually something we have been uh, experimenting with as well so if we work uh, on projects with a team we really often go to to other people and just ask them can you please be very critical and say everything that can go wrong and then in the beginning we, we think oh shit we're not gonna solve this, but after a while, it makes our concept so much stronger, and uh, it really improves the quality of our uh, of our work.
0: Mm, yes, definitely. And and the earlier you ask for this feedback, you know, the easier it is to to handle yeah, uh, yeah. critical yeah. feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what we were doing indeed before that was just mm, closer to the end of a project, sharing what we had done. Yes. But yeah, there's not much time to really take uh, any feedback into account. So Mm I think uh, it seems a very obvious one to do. Yeah, indeed. But But we weren't doing it yet. So yeah,
1: uh, indeed. We put teams on projects, but often it's good to have a fresh look. And I think that's something we can still grow on. But we are already um, implementing these feedback sessions quite uh, quite well. mm -hmm. Something that you remember Mm -hmm. that you were applying in your daily job.
0: What comes to mind is uh, the discussion we had with uh, the design managers of Australia. They talked about their project they did with school kids. They were redesigned the school car park with children. A very pragmatic, very simple project. And what I took from there is things can be more simple sometimes. <laughs> and you can really design a lot without going digital. You can design a lot without having total experts on the subject uh, being part of the co-creation. And I think it really helped me to not underestimate the people who can partake in a project and Mm -hmm. the value they can bring in in Mm co-creation.
1: Yeah, maybe one thing that I would like to add is one of my, or some of my favorite episodes, or actually the episodes where We actually have the service designer together with the client. And that also is like part of this uh, aspect because you bring together those people and they really seem to be like one team. And I think most of the uh, projects that are uh, most successful are the ones that you become one team with your client and you really go towards the same uh, goal. And it's also very clear towards which goal uh, you go. So there are some episodes where we had people together, like duo interviews, Mm -hmm. and those are the ones I... I really, really enjoy it, I realized. Yes,
0: that's true. You really get the two different perspectives Mm -hmm. and it's a sign of a a strong project indeed. Yeah,
1: indeed. Mm -hmm. Yes. And another thing I would actually like to share that made me very uh, proud was that one of our uh, guests told us after we, we met again a couple of months after we published an episode, that they got a a new sales lead through the podcast. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's really good to hear.
1: Yes, and that's uh, super inspiring to me. So not only bringing across the knowledge, but also making clients, uh, being aware of our potential clients, being aware of service design, and even letting them realize that they want to work as a service designer. That's really, uh, Mm -hmm. I think, why we do this. Mm -hmm.
0: Definitely. So... What are your ambitions for this podcast, Tina? Where would you like to see us go in the next year?
1: Yeah. One thing is I hope to get uh, even more uh, listeners. I think it's amazing to see that we have people from all over the world, but there are still some gaps uh, we are seeing in our analytics. For example, Africa, I think it would be really great if we could reach people there as well. And we don't know if it's because of service design is not that common there or... If they just uh, don't listen to podcasts, but it would be great through the podcast that we can also bring some service design stories into parts of the world that uh, yeah are not that known yet with yeah. service design.
0: What I would really love is uh, more interaction with our listeners. When we go to the conferences, sometimes we run into people and they say, Hey, we listen to your podcast, and then it's really nice for us to hear that there's actually people out there listening. (laughs) Um But yeah, I'd like to hear back from people sometimes about who they'd like to hear, what they thought about the episode. Mm -hmm. I would love to to engage in in discussions and Yeah, indeed. What kind of
1: topics people would like so I think we should set up something where we can uh, ask for some feedback from our listeners. It's just a brainstorm right now so uh, yeah. we'll see what we <laughs> what we can do.
0: Yeah. I also think it might be really fun if uh, we find a way that people can uh, can add their own questions to episodes. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can just record their voice, send it to us, and we can take that into the episode as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. But also yeah Let this be a a trigger to uh, respond to us. What would you like to see happen in the podcast in the future? What kind of episodes do you really like? What would you like us to do? Reach out. We're really open to, uh, to hearing all of
1: this. Yes, indeed. We will keep on interviewing people. If you have suggestions, please let us know. We already have a great lineup uh, of some speakers we will talk to. And we hope you will, uh, you will enjoy those uh, already. But if you think of someone interesting or a question you would really like us to talk about with someone, please let us know and we will try to get them uh, on board. Yeah.
0: Also, I want to uh, give a big thank you to uh, the Service Design Network. They've uh, been great that we've been able to partner with them for doing this podcast. I think uh, it's great that they help us yeah, reach out to the big community of uh, service designers. So, yeah, thank you very much, Service Design Network. For, yes, thank uh, you. <laughs> helping us with our podcast. So remember uh, to sign up to our newsletter on uh, servicedesignpodcast.com slash giveaway, and uh, perhaps you'll win one of these fantastic Neuland uh, workshop bags. And thank you, Stina, for uh, being a great (laughs) co-host. Oh, yeah, thank you too. I never expected this to become uh, one of my favorite parts uh, of uh, my job doing uh, these episodes. uh, Let's hope we can do uh, many, many more.
1: Yes, that would be great. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And of course, most importantly, also thanks to our listeners because it would be quite stupid to make a podcast without listeners and it's really great to see that we have listeners from all over the world and i hope you enjoy the show as much as we do and i hope really that you uh, keep on following us and listen to our episodes
0: indeed thank you very much and uh, see we hear you in episode 26
1: <laughs> yes thank you bye
0: bye The Service Design Podcast was brought to you by the Service Design Network and Night Moves. For more information, previous episodes, or to join the conversation, please visit servicedesignpodcast.com. For more information about the Service Design Network, visit service-design-network.org. And for Night Moves, visit nightmoves.be. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to this podcast. The intro and outro music is from If the Stars Grow Dim Tonight, by hydrogen C featuring I Will I Swear. Until next time.